Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today we're going to be discussing John chapter 2, verses 1 to 25. And I want to encourage you, as always, to read the passage before you listen along. Here in John chapter 2, we have two stories that on the surface seem to be quite different, but Jesus is actually making a very similar point in his actions in both of these accounts. Before we look at the stories, I want to draw your attention in verse 11 to the word sign. This is a major theme in John's gospel. In the book of John, John wants us to see that the miracles Jesus does are far more than some amazing act. They're revelations. They're signs pointing to his identity. And throughout the book, we're going to see this word multiple times. In the first story, we have Jesus' first sign in the Gospel of John, turning water into wine. Jesus is at a wedding and the wine has run out. This would have been a horrible lack of etiquette on behalf of the wedding party. And so his mother asked him to do something. Now, we get so amazed that Jesus turns water into wine We miss an important detail here that John provides for us. The water jars were there for Jewish purification. That is, there's a religious connotation of these vessels. Jesus took these vessels that were used for cleansing under the Old Covenant, and he takes the water in there, and instantly it becomes wine. See, in the Old Testament, there's many passages that associated the coming of the Messiah with an abundance of wine, a time of celebration. And Jesus is very clearly making the point in his actions that the Messiah has come. The second story is the cleansing of the temple. Now, this is one area where the Gospel of John is different than the other Gospels. In the other Gospels, there's a temple cleansing recorded at the end of the ministry of Jesus, but here in John, it's at the beginning. Some have said this is a contradiction. Some have argued that John is presenting a different chronology, and while that certainly is acceptable in the writing of history uh, in the first century, I think that there's two temple cleansings. And I think John is placing this next to the story of the wedding at Cana to show us what point Jesus is seeking to make. See, in the book of Leviticus, there were instructions given if there was corruption or disease found in a house. Both the owner of the house and a priest would inspect it and shut it down, and if the corruption and disease persisted, the house then had to be destroyed. If you notice, Jesus asserts his ownership of the house by reminding people it is his father's house. By pointing out the corruption, Jesus is also there and his role as priest. He's pointing out that people were taking this house of worship and turning it into a place of profit. What was going on is that these people were charging temple taxes, that when people came from far and they needed animals to sacrifice, they were being sold at exorbitant prices. Currency was being exchanged with great markups and inflation. See, they were taking the dwelling place of God and they were turning it into a place of profit, but they were also making it a place of exclusion by ruling out people who were foreigners. 
What Jesus does when Jesus says he's going to destroy the temple and rebuild it, Jesus points to a better temple, a superior place where God will meet with man, and that's Jesus himself. You see, in the Bible, the temple, and earlier the tabernacle, this was how God dwelled in the midst of his people. This is where people could come to enjoy his presence and meet with him. And Jesus says that it is his own body that would provide that meeting place. It was through his death that we would have fellowship with God. And as we think through both of these stories, we see that they communicate the same point. Jesus has come to fulfill what the Old Testament points to. The Old Testament pointed in all these rituals of cleansing that was needed. And Jesus, Jesus, when turning the water into wine, shows that he is the one that is going to fulfill this. That even though mankind was banished from the Garden of Eden where they had fellowship with God, God in his grace gave us the tabernacle and the temple where humanity could meet with him. But Jesus is showing that it's going to be full access to him. Salvation's not through rituals, and God would not be confined to a place. Purification had come in Jesus, and Jesus has come to bring us into the very presence of God. Now we want to ask ourselves our three questions. First, what does this tell us about God? Well, among several things this passage tells us about God, one is that he's powerful and rules over nature. Now, when you make wine, it requires time. Jesus, in turning the water into wine, did not just turn water into some other substance. He turned water into a substance that requires time to make. He shows his complete sovereignty and control over creation in this one act. We also see how gracious and kind Jesus is. That Jesus would be concerned with something as seemingly menial as how well this wedding party could provide hospitality. Jesus isn't just there to address the big issues of life. Jesus is willing to help in even the small and perhaps mundane areas of life as well. But we also see that Jesus is stern and demands holiness. When Jesus comes into the temple, the story disrupts many people's view of meek and mild Jesus. Here is Jesus overturning tables and driving people out. Why is he doing this? Because he cannot compromise his standard of holiness. He cannot back away from what the law demands and what God demands. We see in this picture, these two stories, a perfect balance of who Jesus is, that he is stern, he demands holiness, and his standards cannot be compromised. But he is gracious and kind, and the things that weigh on our heart are things that he is willing to take care of and able to meet. What does this passage tell me about me? How does it reveal my condition? Well, it reminds us that our only hope is Jesus. I need Jesus to renew me and transform me. Just as that water can no more turn itself into wine, you and I can not purify ourselves. Jesus alone can transform us. Jesus alone renews us. And in the same way that Jesus had to drive the sinners out of the temple, 
We need him to cleanse us and drive out all that is sinful in us. Our only hope is him, and we're foolish to think that we can do it in our own strength. Lastly, we want to ask, what does this passage tell us to do? I've always loved Mary's instruction. When Mary asked Jesus to fix the problem at the wedding, she tells the servants, whatever he says, do. Do whatever he tells you. What wonderful advice for all of us at all times. Whatever Jesus tells us to do, we need to do it. Whatever it is he leads us to do, however he instructs us, whatever he directs us, we just need to do it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us tomorrow as we'll discuss John chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God. And whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Yeah.